Welcome to Music City Horror, episode 35. Uh, we are two men down tonight, actually. Um, KB and Lena could not join us this evening, so it is Kayla and Eli here. Holding down the fort. Holding it down. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk, we're going to kind of skim over the first part. Um, we have a really good interview coming up with uh, Matt Tyler and Chad, who make up the, uh, I, I don't know, I call it a production group, but uh, um, I like to call it a collective because it sounds yeah. just super creative and hip. Yeah. Yeah. Like an, an art collective of some sort. They, yeah, that's what I like to call it. Yeah. They, they, they write stories, they've directed stuff, um, they've acted in some of the stuff, but they're, they're known for um, VHS, which was rad. Um, Southbound, um, they did uh, Devil's Due, and um, here in a couple of weeks they have a new big budget movie coming out to theaters called Ready or Not, and starring Samara, Samara Weaving, who was uh, she was in The Babysitter, she was in Mayhem, uh, which is on Shutter, um, so she's kind of making her name in the in the genre. Uh, films um and uh looks awesome uh you know me and Kayla both seen the trailer and it looks like a lot of fun so um really excited that they joined us so close to the release of this big presumably big movie um so um yeah so we won't spend it's gonna it's gonna be awesome yeah, and it's, you know, I won't say anything. They'll, they'll kind of give you, we ask them for a synopsis, so they'll tell you what it's about if you haven't seen a preview or anything. But uh, the weekend of the 23rd, uh, 21st and 23rd that week, uh, it'll be out. Um, so definitely check it out um, if you're looking for something to watch. Um, they told us it's a hard R rating, so I think it is going to get a little violent and gory. So that's perfectly fine with us so um, we are ready <laughs> yeah um so yeah the the big um uh movie coming out this weekend is scary stories to tell in the dark uh we've been excited Yay! about it for a while um since i was like six and got the book from the school library basically i've been ready yeah. for the movie <laughs> pretty, yeah, much. pretty much um and um yeah, so it's finally here. Um, I'm trying not to, you know, read a lot of reviews just because I've seen some that were, um, you know, the like Suspiria. You know, people were just over the moon about it, and I was like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. and. Um, <laughs> You know, same thing, like if people are saying it's bad, I don't want to go into it with already thinking that. So, uh, but yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. Um, based on a few things I have seen, though, they're saying it's, it's actually really scary considering it's PG-13. Yeah, um, that's what I heard too. Um, and I really like the director, Andre Overdahl. Um, he did an interview with, um, Mick Garris the other day on Mick Garris's podcast and it was awesome. Um, and I loved his movie, um, autopsy of Jane Doe, which most recently came out. I'm obsessed with that movie. So I am, once I put those things together, I got even more excited about that. And of course with Guillermo del Toro, just, you know, putting his like magical dust or whatever on anything Mm -hmm. is always good. So I'm excited. With I him hope. just being there, being himself. Just existing in all of his, like, wonderfulness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Basically. So that will be um, the big, you know, kind of horror-ish movie this weekend. Um, and that's kind of kicking off leading into the fall um, for the, quote, horror stuff or, you know, Halloween stuff, scary stuff. So, mm-hmm. um so yeah, pretty excited about that one. Yes. Um, and Kayla dropped the uh, streaming stuff uh, earlier this week, so um, you can go to Music City Horror and see what's on Shutter and Hulu and Netflix and Amazon um, as far okay. as your um, 
horror slash genre stuff. Some of it's not hard horror, but it's close enough to the genre. Um, so yeah, so I think we decided uh, to maybe pick some stuff from August's list that we're going to check out. And yeah. um, I'll let Lady first. Um, <laughs> well, today we're recording on August 8th. And uh, Nosferatu, the first episode just dropped on Shudder. It's been on AMC for a little bit, but, you know, us, you know, a lot of us don't have a cable. So I'm just, I was trying to think of the right word. A lot of us don't have cable. Um, and so I really wanted to watch it, but I don't have AMC. And so, of course, AMC and Shudder's relationship, um, they got Nosferatu and it just dropped. So I am finally going to watch that and i'm so excited it's an adaptation of a joe hill novel and love joe hill um super interesting creative writer and i'm really looking forward to seeing his vision come to life in the show yeah i i've i talked about that on previous episodes and Mm -hmm. like an idiot um i was um (laughs) um i was uh, dvr in it and um i went and i accidentally deleted all the episodes Dude. so i got i think three in or four in mm-hmm. and then i it's so them putting this on shutter is is good timing because i don't have any that i can watch um <laughs> but yeah. but yeah i mean it was i mean the makeup work was awesome and i mean it, it was really creepy um so so far i've really enjoyed it um so i'm hoping i can finish it up on shutter awesome but yeah the only other Um, one that i was really excited about was also on shutter and it's the love witch which i'm obsessed with that movie obsessed with it um so great uh directed by anna biller directed written produced she makes the costumes she did the makeup she did the set design she did everything and it's very much kind of a throwback movie to, I guess, like a kind of 60s style acting and appearance mm-hmm. in the movie. And it's so much fun. It's just the best. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I'm she's so just happy. all around a badass. <laughs> yeah, she's, yeah, she is. She's incredible. Yeah. Um, what's, what's the lead's name? Is it Samantha? Samantha, Samantha Robinson? Robinson, yeah. Yeah. Um, she looks like she came from another planet. Like she's, she's the most just beautiful person gorgeous. in the world. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's just beautiful. it's just un unreal. And um, but I mean, she just like crushes this role. Like she, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just pitch perfect. So yeah, um, she's funny. I've seen it several sweet times. Sweet and sexy. Yeah, she's the best. <laughs> it's amazing. So yeah, I tell people to watch that one if they haven't. Um, it's definitely not your normal, uh, you know, not your normal thing you'd find on Shutter. For yeah, sure, it's definitely, there's lots of murders yeah. and witchcraft and things like that. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not a super like slasher or anything like that. It's just, it's very unusual and fun. Yeah, kind of a uh, kind of tongue in cheek a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. Um. There's actually a lot on the streamings that have caught my attention. Um, the oh. biggest one, obviously, is Nightmare on Elm Street. I've already watched. Um, I watched four, and then I was started two. <laughs> and um, I mean, it just came out, you know, a few days ago. So I'm not surprised yeah. that you're already almost all the way. Yeah, yeah, just blowing through yeah. them. Um, yeah, it's the first six, so. I really was wanting to f- find a uh, new nightmare because it's the 25th anniversary and um, it's just the, the first six. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. but that's, that's always a good time. Um, Chopping mall is a classic. <laughs> um, nice. If I don't want to, if I don't want to pull the VHS out, I can just turn on shutter. Um, Netflix has horns, which is another Joe Hill um, adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll have to I'll have to go back and watch that one. I I, I didn't finish it. Um mm-hmm. I I don't I don't know. I, I can't I don't 
I don't think I didn't like it. It just I didn't I just didn't finish it for some reason. Um so yeah, it's I probably one of need those, to check that one out again. It's one of those that to me plays really well in a book, but can be kind of difficult to translate to a movie. And not really in particular reason why. It just kind of felt like it was missing something that I got from the book. But um it's definitely worth a watch. A lot of people really like it. It's it's really different. Um so yeah, definitely give another shot, Eli. Yeah, let's check it out. Um, yeah. Panic Room. Um, that's a really good uh, David Fincher movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosemary's Baby. If you haven't seen that, obviously, um, I think we've all obviously. seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So that's kind of yes. a side note to that um, story. Um, sure. I just saw on Hulu the. Um, in the new installment of into the dark drop the school spirit oh, nice. one yeah mm-hmm. that one looks pretty cool um i want to check that out and um yeah i mean there's actually just i mean i could just go down the whole list i guess uh mind hunters is coming back for season two i think we're all excited for that one yeah that's gonna be good i think they're doing oh it's funny the the guy that played charles manson in once upon a time he's charles manson on mind hunter <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> it's yeah. like he really doesn't look that much like Charles Manson. I hope that people don't see him and say, "Hey, you know, you look like Charles Manson." <laughs> but, yeah. Um, well, on the on Mind Hunter, he grows his beard out more, uh, and he really does look like him. Ah, uh, that makes sense. I could see that then. Um. So yeah, so cool. Uh, cool month for streaming and. Um, you know, we're just rolling into fall, so hopefully they do some big stuff in September and October. Mm-hmm. Um, the <laughs> I don't know how I made that sound. Um, <laughs> the um, the so if you're in the Nashville area, the next movie we are hosting in September with uh, Full Moon Cineplex is Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. 3d and we will have 3d glasses and yeah it'll be fun and that's on september 13th so so it's on friday the 13th so um that's where the next movie thing is so yep and uh hmm i mean i just really want to get to this interview i mean do it it's so good it really is a lot of fun yeah so, um, since Lena couldn't join us tonight, we won't have the fun facts. Um, if she can get them recorded, uh, I think we're going to post it, um, as a bonus somewhere like on Instagram or something. So we, we hate to not include it this week, but, um, we gotta go. We're recording, you know, we can't wait. We're going. So, yep. Just gotta do it. Um, just gonna do it. Um, so yeah, so without further ado, we'll go into our interview. Uh, I've already forgot the names, uh, <laughs> Chad, Matt and Tyler, um, Nailed the, it. the directors of, yeah, the directors of ready or not. All right. So uh, at the beginning of the show, we mentioned we had some special guests uh, on the episode and we do. That wasn't a lie. Uh, <laughs> we have Chad, Matt and Rob from Radio no. Silent. You know what happened? I've got I've got the wrong. Oh, you've got the bitch. CMR website yeah oh my god i just <laughs> i mean I told you guys i told you we i said- told you it's a mental block i can't i don't know what to do <sighs> <laughs> do you just want to do it over again <laughs> no i'm keeping this no keeping it. um We're it. <laughs> excuse me uh chad matt and tyler of radio silence and they are a i guess um probably just the generic term would be a production group I mean, you kind of all do a lot of stuff, right? Write, produce, direct. So um, anyways, they've been involved with uh, VHS, which was rad. Um, Devil's Due, Southbound, and um, the new one coming out soon is uh, 
Ready or Not, which I've seen the previews for and looks awesome. So we are very excited to have these guys on the show. How's it going? It's going great, man. We're excited to be here. Cool. Sorry about the butcher. I warned you. So. <laughs> so Tyler, have you ever been called Rob before? No, that's actually, that was a first <laughs> It's tough. Uh, yeah. I gotta say, like, I was actually, I, I was, I'm okay with that. Yeah, well, and it's, you know, I didn't butcher your last name, so it's a change of pace. Do you want to do last names just for the hell of it? You want to give them a swing? Let's try it. Okay, Tyler Gillette. Um, Chad said to say Chad Valala. And that, yeah. that sounds yeah. that sounds off. Um, here's the here's the difficult one. Um, Matt Bitinelli Open. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Sing. You gave me a nice little accent I'm not used to, but it was really good. Okay. <laughs> you can do it, Eli. You've got this. Yeah. Well, that's called West Tennessee, so that's the best I got. So. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, we'll just kind of jump in. Um, I guess collectively, just kind of give us a little bit about your background and, you know, maybe, um, you know, how you guys met, how you started working together, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Who wants to take this one? <laughs> um, I'll go. Uh, <laughs> we met, geez, we've been working together now for, for 10 years. Um, and, uh, we didn't grow up together, didn't go to school together, but, um, we all met uh, at various sort of points in time in LA. Uh, I I met Matt working at New Line Cinema. It was our first first jobs uh, out of college. So he had been here. He'd been there for a few years before me. And then Chad and Matt met in an acting class. Chad's first day out from uh, from his hometown in Pennsylvania. And um, they, you guys, how long were you working together, Chad and Matt, before I? We started our first video, yeah, because Chad and I met and we started doing stuff in 2007, so whatever that is. And then you joined joined up in 2009, right? Yeah, 2008, 2009. Yeah, so we did stuff and we just started making stuff and, and putting it up on YouTube back when YouTube was not the desolate wasteland that it is now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And there was still uh, support and and friendly mm-hmm. friendly stuff, but yeah. So we did that for a couple of years, and then uh, the 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 three of us we were doing these like long form choose your own adventure type things uh, on you on YouTube that were really fun. Um, and then we did that until 2011, 12 ish. Yeah, right, guys? yeah. 2011, I think, is when Brad reached out for about VHS. Nice. That's awesome. And have you guys always been into horror? Do you share some favorite horror films amongst yourselves? Yeah, I think Uh, do we share we share a lot of taste in movies, but I think that what kind of brought us all together was that we have a shared love of a lot of different things. I mean, we definitely were all genre fans, but the stuff that we started making together was more sort of big adventure kind of action comedy but it, it was more like about kind of it was like so grounded like, like action comedy. yeah action horror adventure comedy you know with a, very, with a very dark sense of, yeah with a very dark sense of humor though because there seemed to be like a lot where we would yeah. be like oh cool this is doing great and then we screw up something and then next thing you know there's like it's a bloodbath of some kind or you know or real aliens show up or you know real real monsters show up and stuff like that too so it was, it was a good good mix of everything i think um, just, you know, it just goes from like our different tastes. I mean, we uh, did a lot of shorts where we thought it was hilarious and it was basically everybody died. We, I, we did like at least yeah. five of them. <laughs> so many. And it was one of the rad things about the conventions of that, of like the YouTube format is that there weren't any conventions. It was, it was oddly a place where we could make, we could tell stories where we could just smash all of those genres together. And because it was short format and because there weren't these like super long, you know, narrative structures that you had to hit every moment. We had a little bit of leeway in that medium to play around with different genres. And oddly, I think the the sort of weird, the weird format of that, I think is what kind of helped us find and define our voice. Um, And, 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 you know, it's something pretty weird and and specific, we think. (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was probably back in the days when uh, YouTube was still kind of the wild west. Um, Totally. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Um, 
I think this I think this question is going to be uh, specifically for Matt. Um, but if if any of you guys want to chime in, it's fine too. But um, I'm in, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, this kind of is. Um, I don't know. Anyways, uh, you were in a punk band called Link 80 and you directed uh, a Alkaline Trio video. Um, what, if anything, and again, all of you can chime in. Um, yeah, how um, specifically like with the DIY culture of punk and all that, like how did, how did that prepare you to get into, you know, making movies and creating, you know, film and stuff like that? I mean, I think it's, I think it's the exact same thing. Like I really do. Mm. It's, uh, it's funny when I, when I think about like the stuff that I've done, I feel like it's one trajectory, you know, it's like I started a band with some buddies and we did some stuff together and we did a thing and for whatever reason that fell apart. And then I was, you know, people I had met through that were like, Hey, shoot a video. And now I'm interested in film. So I was like, great, that sounds fun. So I did the trio video. Uh, and then but then I started doing movies from there, but it was the same ethic. It was the same. I mean, I think that DIY thing, it, it, it's like just in my DNA, you know, and it's something that Chad and Tyler share as well. And it's that we've, we've really taken that from day one. Like when we started doing film stuff, it was, it, it was exactly the same without the music, but that's like why we still treat it like a band is because, you know, it, it, it's coming from this place of like, get your friends together find your shared taste and go create something that you guys can make together for no money. And you don't need permission and you don't, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't, you know, you never think of the audience beyond yourself. Like that was always true in a punk band. It's like, do we all like this song? Great. And that goes for now too. It's like, well, what do we like? Let's make that. Yeah. That makes sense. Great answer, Matt. I didn't even, no need to add anything. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty amazing. Um, I know how I and probably a lot of other horror fans got introduced to you guys is through VHS. Um, so, what was the inspiration for VHS, and what was the shoot like with you guys all together and all the different segments? Uh, I mean, inspiration-wise, that that was like a short we wanted to shoot back while you know we were still Chad and Rob, and we wanted we wanted Rob to actually still be in it. Um, and then, uh, I did too for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> we missed we Rob already. Yeah. <laughs> we, we do. We, we tried. Um, and then, uh, Brad Niska contacted us to do a segment of VHS and, oh, there's also a good story. Matt has a great story about how we got in touch with Brad Niska to start with. I mean, um, you go back to uh, the last question. It was that it's that DIY ethic. And it was just, we were made, we had made a short, called mountain devil prank fails horribly or terribly or something to that effect another prank video where we all fucking die and thought it was hilarious and we sent it to brad i made a fake email and sent it to brad bloody disgusting to be like hey look at this cool thing i found online you should you know put it on bloody disgusting and he emailed right back and was like I really like this. Who made it? Did you make it? And I was like, no, I can put you in touch with them. Though. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, That's awesome. I put him in touch with me and, and then we just started talking and then Chad back to you. He was a, uh, you know, that's when he got in touch with us for VHS. Our career is based on a yeah, lot. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, just, that's it. <laughs> right. So yeah, he got in touch with, uh, of course. And it still is. Um, right. he got in touch with us to do this thing and it started as like, you know, we love the idea of like these like bumbling idiots who are out just out trying to have a good time going to a Halloween party, like stumble onto the wrong house and, uh, you know, they fall upon a real exorcism. And we thought that was like a really fun concept. So we pitched it to the producers. They're like, you know, we don't know if you guys can do this part of it, basically the way it ends with the train. And, uh, we had a, hard sell them on that we knew how to do it and we could figure it out and like you know lucky for us they gave us the opportunity to do it we only had about five weeks total from like trip to final final turn in of our segment so it was all hands on deck for five weeks nonstop, and we cranked it out and, and had a lot of fun with it um and uh you know we were fortunate enough to, to, to have vhs become what it was it's also i should say to your question about what it was like shooting it. It was literally us in costumes running around with a camera literally strapped to Tyler's head <laughs> all over LA 
acting like complete fucking morons. Yeah, and, and uh, to what Matt said earlier, we certainly had no idea what it was going to become. I mean, we we shot it because it was we had a little bit of money, and we were like, oh, we can probably pull this off for half, and maybe have enough to like keep our office open for another month and a half or whatever, whatever it was. And, and it was just about, it was just another opportunity to go out and to tell a story that we'd kind of, we've been sitting on for a while. It was in our back pockets and we always wanted to do it. And, and I remember we were eating burritos at, at Yucca's standing in this parking lot in, in uh, Los Feliz here in LA when we got the call that it got into Sundance. And we thought, we didn't know what they were talking about at first. We were like, what, what got into Sundance? Like VHS got into Sundance? How, how the fuck did that happen? And it was, but it was this great moment where I think what, and it was kind of galvanizing for us to, to, to sort of realize like, oh yeah, you can't really make anything other than for yourself. It, it, when you, when you try to make something for a specific audience, you, you've already kind of lost in, in some way. You just have to make the most, the thing that entertains you the most and, and hope that other people respond to it. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a while. Sometimes they don't. Also, that goes to show you how we do work together. Like, we were literally all just sitting around looking at each other, having a burrito. So they only had to call one of us. We, we had each had our own burritos. So that was good. <laughs> that was good. But, yeah. we, were, we were there in the parking lot eating those when we got the plane. So uh, with that film, the 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 ten thirty one ninety eight, that was the segment you guys did, right? You didn't do any yeah. others. Yeah. Okay. Um, was there? This is a side question. It's not an official question. Um, uh, I, I don't remember if I saw this or I just read about it, but there was an alternate ending to yours, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Totally. Yeah. I can send you the link to it. It's it's I'm gonna see you right now. They nice. um they survive. They get out of the car before the train before the train crashes. Oh, okay. Let's clarify. Let's clarify. It was not a alternate ending insofar as it was a joke. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, it's literally Man, one so, day into the I'm night. so glad you went with the ending you went with. And we're like, uh oh yeah, no, no, no. We were never gonna not do that. <laughs> yeah. There was a bunch of guys who who just thought it would be a fun gag and ended up doing i don't know jmart justin our vfx guy did a bunch of visual effects for it we ended up spending yeah. a little bit of time like getting it there but it's it's very funny that's awesome um okay back to the official question um <laughs> a very official so, question yeah very important um so you guys were uh, involved with uh, Devil's Due, which came out with uh, 20th Century Fox 2014. Um, I, I mean, personally, I don't think it got a fair shake. Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what everyone else was <laughs> expecting or whatever. Um, but that was, uh, that was written by Lindsay Devlin. And um, I guess you guys were directing and producing all that kind of stuff. How did, how did you... I guess what was how did you get from VHS to that, and you know what was that shoot like? I assume it was a much bigger budget than yeah, VHS. I mean, that was one where that was post Sundance, which again was an experience that we were all just like, holy, holy shit, what is what is this? And and we had obviously come from a world of having some YouTube followers and having a bunch of viewers on that platform, and then going to Sundance and having one screening of VHS with like. Jason Blum in it and um, and you know all of these other characters who are like prominent members of like the the genre filmmaking world and and it was odd that that one screening kind of validated our work in a way that you know all of the other tens of millions of views on our stuff online hadn't before so I think it was it was a really interesting moment for us and we were kind of told at the time like you guys you know, Sundance, after Sundance, the people who have a movie there have like a year to kind of figure out what they're going to do next, because then the next Sundance comes along and you're no longer the hot shit. You're like yesterday's news. Mm -hmm. So if you catch to something quick, you know, do it. And, and we were, we were sitting in a parking lot eating burritos on sunset. <laughs> good, shit, good shit happens when we're consuming burritos. And just eat all burritos from now on. Yeah. I mean, we yeah, already burritos. Burritos actually do already. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty true. Um, we got a call from, we got a call from uh, the producers on the movie on, on devil's dude, John Davis and Brittany Morrissey. 
And we had a conversation with them in the parking lot and they were like, yeah, we, we want you guys to do this. Like, let's get it going. And of course I should say that by this time we had heard that from, I don't know, people. yeah, like two dozen other people who like wanted to work on something with us. So we were like, cool. Yeah, great. We'd love to. And then, I mean, what, four months later, we were like scouting locations in the Dominican Republic for it. I mean, it was crazy. So cool. Yeah. That it actually, that it actually happened, but yeah, it was, um, it was a wild, it was a wild ride. And, and I, you know, we, I think we, we have very fond memories of that shoot. And thank you, by the way, for saying that you enjoy it. I mean, I think that it was just a movie, it's a format and a story told in a format that was kind of on its way out at the time. And, you know, it, it, it there's just, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. Mm. You know, we, we tried to treat, treat it as honestly and, and as in as fun a way as possible. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think that when we watch it back, I, we're super proud of it. And I don't, we certainly wouldn't have chose to not do it if given the choice again. Um, right. You know, we, it was really valuable and we got to, we got to work on a bigger level with a studio and form really incredible friendships and relationships along the way. And I don't know, I don't, it's, it's, you can't really put a value on that. It was so, it was so informative in so many ways, regardless of like the outcome of how the movie performed or whatever the fuck, however people measure the success of something mm-hmm. now for us, that was such a, it was such an incredible chance to get to just do, do what we love on a bigger scale and to try that out. You know, that's, I think that's. And also, I mean, and there's also something about that that I think is interesting and gets back to what you talked about earlier is we really approached it with that like punk rock mentality, even though it was a studio movie, it was like, let's go. And we shot it on fucking consumer cameras. It was shot like with iPhone fives. It was shot like, and not in a cheap way, but in a, in an attempt to be real. Mm -hmm. And, and we had this whole kind of mentality, which again, maybe in hindsight is naive, but we were like, let's do all of this in a way that, that no, you would never expect a studio to let people do. Let's like go against the grain every single every single chance we can we can and uh you know but then at the end of the day bird's eye view you're like right it's still just a found footage movie so if people are into that that's great and maybe they'll find something they like and if they're not they're never gonna care you know and just to jump off the found, found footage thing again it's 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 a lot people always thought it was like a cheaper user way to make movies but it's a lot harder because mm-hmm. you're not you're not able to use things like score or close-ups even like, cause the camera right. is living in a world. You have to figure yeah, out where to build those. It's gotta movies. be in frame. Yeah. 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 So it, it makes it, it, you know, it challenged us as, as filmmakers as to find creative solutions and how we can make the entire story happen on screen. And, you know, I think one of the things we did that was kind of fun with devil's do was just use cameras that existed in the world. And it wasn't like, you know, like quote quotation marks found footage. It was like just from cameras that existed all over the place you know, all around the, the city and, uh, and, and putting it together that way and just telling the story through, through these, these, uh, other mediums. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask where you shot it, but you told me that you went. No, well, here's the kind of crazy thing of that movie is, I mean, we shot, we kind of got to shoot everywhere. We went to the Dominican Republic. We shot in new Orleans was the majority of the shoot. And then we, we shot in, in Paris, the intact actually flew us to Paris yeah. uh, to shoot, <laughs> like, like 12 seconds or 15 seconds or whatever the end, the end tag is. Cool things was that I think what we had done is that we had, we had designed a process that, that actually allowed for that stuff to, to happen. I mean, I don't think if we were traveling to Paris with, you know, a 40 person crew and a huge camera package with a bunch of lighting and a bunch of permits. And like we, it was a punk rock approach that we think allowed us to, to kind of, as Matt was saying, like imbue it with the, with the sense of authenticity that was just really important to us creatively. And, um, and, and I think that that was, you know, it was a real conscious choice on our part. I think that there, there are naturally some growing pains when you've done something and you've only ever asked your buddies for permission to go make something. You've never had like a quote boss mm. And then you get asked to do a bigger movie. And, and the sort of first question is like, okay, well, do I have to be, what does that look like? Do I have to be the idea of what a director is or what a producer is? And, and what we sort of decided on collectively was like, fuck it. They hired us to do, they hired us because they like what we've done. And we would be stupid to not just continue to do that. 
and it hasn't, it hasn't hurt us. It, it's only ever served us. It, and, and like, let's just fucking go make this the way that we would make it if the studio wasn't involved. And I, you know, that's there, there, again, the, the outcome you, you can decide, <laughs> but right. Proud that we- I mean, it's gotta be, I mean, you, you went from A to B, you know, you, you, you got the job, you made the film. So kind of from an artistic standpoint, it's gotta be, that's the reward itself. You know what I mean? And if you're looking at it from monetary, according to the Wikipedia page, I mean, it actually made money. I mean, it didn't like, you know, set the world on fire, but I mean, at least it didn't lose money. That's, that's always important. So, you know, um, so yeah, I, it was just one of those where I, it was a solid movie and I was just kind of like, man, why aren't like more people talking about this movie, you know? And, you know, I think it, it came out in the winter or something. Is that right? Like January or February. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, not a hotbed for horror or anything, but again, kudos. It was, you know, I enjoyed it for what it's worth. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to jump in and talk about Southbound, which came out in 2015. And you guys worked on in pretty much every aspect that I saw, uh, the way in and the way out. Um, And I remember seeing this movie on best of 2015 2016 lists all over the place it got lots and lots of praise um and i'm just curious can you tell us a little bit about the journey from writing that section to being on the set to creating those stories yeah i mean that that was uh that was it was weird it kind of it it picks up right where tyler's just talking about devil's Mm -hmm. do is you know after that it it, it did not perform and we were kind of like, cool, what are we going to do now? And Brad Miska, our old friend from the VHS days had been like, Hey guys, I really want to make another movie together. Let's figure something out. And so he started, you know, he just call every so often and be like, Hey, what are we doing? What are we doing? And then finally we were like, listen, let's just do something. We're, we finally hear what you're saying. Let's <laughs> we're do it. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah. It was over the course of like a, a few days. We like, you just went and sat down at the farmer's market here in LA and kind of came up with the, the very broad, 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 broad ideas and sent them to him so he could go get the funding in place while we got all the other filmmakers together. And then, then we just ended up, it was a really, really charmed experience because we ended up just us, Roxanne Benjamin, Chris Harding, who's one of the producers, Pat Horvath, who did the fourth segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Dave Bruckner, who did the middle segment. We would just all go sit over at Roxanne's house and and work on it once once or twice a week for like a few months. And it was just like it was like a writer's room. We'd all kind of bring in our ideas and we really honed in on like what the movie was about, what it was saying, how to make them all link together. And then and then from there. And again, a lot of this is Brad Miska and Chris Harding and Roxanne kind of pushing us to be like, we got to go now. Mm -hmm. Let's go do it. I mean, we went into production really quickly and it was just like. We were just shooting it all over like the greater Los Angeles area. And then I think from the time we shot it to the time it premiered at TIFF, it was like four months. Or oh, something. wow. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more. I could be exaggerating, but it, it felt like that. I mean, it was like at some point, though, it took on this energy. I remember thinking like, oh, we're not we're not in control of Southbound anymore. Like it's just. We're up now, all holding on for the ride. I remember having <laughs> calling Pat, Pat Horvath. We were scouting. We were scouting for our respective segments. I think he was in. He was in like Lancaster, which is this really weird community north of LA, and I was in the Palm Desert, which is there's sort of another weird community. They're, yeah. they're like very very strange, and and they are southbound. Like the the locations in that movie are. This, the very sort of bizarre stretches of desert outside of LA. And I remember Pat asking, he was like, hey, do you think if I crashed my car that I'd have to make my segments? <laughs> Holy fuck, we're like white knuckling it to this, you know, to the to this production. But we all just like held on. It had this life of its own. <laughs> it was weird because it's one of those projects that like, everybody had the same amount of ownership so it was a real like group effort there was like there was a kind of no boss there was no like we were all sort of keeping each other in check you know and 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 again it goes back to that like diy ethic it's like everybody had the same kind of 
want the same desire and they all, you know, we all just wanted to work together. That's awesome. It sounds like a, a collective, um, what's the word? Collaboration. Yeah, I guess? yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that was all the way through post too. I mean, <clears throat> we all sat in the edits with each other and, and in the final sound mix, I mean, it was like, uh, it was really, it, it really became a family. So, so much so that I think it's, it's hard to imagine like ever doing an, an anthology without that team. It was this weird, the alchemy of that group was so specific and, and so charmed, as Matt said. I, I It's hard to picture. Yeah, that, we, still, we still talk with everybody, about, like, you know, just about every week we're like talking to okay. everybody and like, you know, asking notes on new projects and like going to the, that same group for thoughts. It's, 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 it was like a nice family. Um, That's so awesome. That's like the creative's dream, you know, to, to find a group of people that you can really vibe with and continue to work with. That's really cool. That's awesome. Truly. Totally. Yeah. Anytime someone posts, you know, Hey, what's something I can watch on Shutter or Hulu, whatever. I mean, Southbound's always something I always recommend. Um, awesome. Thanks. Yeah. So moving into um, the new, the new project, um, you guys are involved in another pretty big wide release, uh, Ready or Not. Um, I think it initially, I think it's hitting some places the 21st, but I think it's going wide on the 23rd. 20, um, yes, that's what I was And um, let's see, Samara Weaving, Mark O'Brien, Adam Brody, and Annie McDowell are in this. And you guys are got your fingerprints on it behind the scenes, of course. Um, for those that aren't familiar with it yet or maybe haven't seen the trailers, um, can you kind of give us like a synopsis of the film? Um, maybe, well, I'm okay with spoilers, but you don't have to if you don't want to. Oh, yeah, well, we don't want to spoil it for you if you haven't seen no, it. There's, there's I don't no, I don't want to be spoiled. <laughs> Um, but the kind of general concept is that it, the story, the story follows this young woman, uh, on her, on her wedding day as she's marrying into this incredibly wealthy and eccentric family. And she realizes after the wedding, uh, that before she's sort of is officially a part of the family, the family has to play this game with her. And, and it's sort of set up like a fun game night that, you know, I think is familiar to most people sitting around with your family playing a board game. And she um, she draws she draws hide and seek as the game, and it's the one game that you can't that you can't win. And she spends the rest of the night fighting for her life, and the family's just trying to kill her before the sun comes up. So it's this very very tight uh, survive the night thriller that takes place over like six seven hours of this young woman's life, um, and uh, it's a fucking wild ride, guys. <laughs> oh yeah it looks awesome i i remember when the trailer first started hitting i got tagged a bazillion times on facebook and instagram i thought what is this and it was all to the trailer (laughs) okay people know me well enough so i i know that i'm really excited about it and yeah when i learned that we were talking to you guys tonight i was like oh my god i can't wait i'm so excited about this movie um that's gonna be awesome and the set sorry go ahead Oh, I just said, let us know what you think. Thank you. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it looks amazing. The cinematography, the set design, just the costumes. Her dress is beautiful. Um, everything looks so great. And where did you guys shoot it? And how long was the production? We, um, well, we shot it in Toronto. Uh, and we did it, we went up Labor Day of last year. So Labor Day 2018. We had only five weeks to prep. So we had to find this like immaculate location and uh, we ended up piecing together three separate locations. So one of them was called um, Casa Loma, which is uh, uh, this magnificent castle in downtown oh, Toronto. No. Oh, I'm going to Toronto this weekend. I'll have to swing by. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, you awesome. Yeah. They, they do do tours. The tickets are ridiculously expensive though. I don't know. Like they're like over 30 bucks, I think a ticket. You know? You just walk around. Just tell them that you're shooting a movie and you want to run it. Okay, sounds good. Right. (laughs) I'll give that a shot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that's used mostly for the hallways and like the grand library area. Mm. Um, And then the main location that we shot at was called the Parkwood Estate in Oshawa, Ontario, which is about 40, 
45 minutes outside of the city. Um, and that's most famously known as being the location from Billy Madison. Um, so we got to nice. use every of cool. that house, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. No giant um, ones were spotted. Oh, dang it. I yeah, was just about to ask. <laughs> The dead, the dead clown is still in the lawn. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but the, I mean, Toronto was a fantastic experience. We ended up like, you know, we had a great production designer that tied all the places together. Um, we had the best crew we could possibly imagine. Uh, again, like shout out to Andrew Stern. Um, shout out to Adri- Avery Pluas, who was our costume designer. Um, all local locals in Toronto. And uh, we had a great time up there shooting it. Nice. And is that, um, did it end up being PG-13? No, it's R. R, nice. It's the hard R. Cool. I'm down. Um, (laughs) You know, a lot of people are... It's like NC-17 or whatever it is in the UK, whatever their next level up is. But it's it's, like 18 plus or whatever they have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 18 plus. Awesome. Just because of the general sense of terror. It was like, they didn't flag any specific reason. It's just the... The, the the general, it, I think it's just the, it's the whole fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so this is uh, I'm going off script here. Um, wh- what uh, what advice would you give to somebody that's kind of getting into their you know starting to do movies and stuff? I actually did a short and sent we're in the production post-production right now. So, um, you know, not that I'm trying to copy you guys, but, um, you know, with, with, especially with cell phones and even like professional equipment getting so cheap, you know, uh, what, what, you know, what advice would you give to somebody that's, you know, got ideas and, or maybe they're still thinking it's 1970 and someone's just going to discover them or like, what, what would you say to somebody that's, you know, wanting to get into film? I think, I think the the a number one thing we'd always say is to just just figure out what you want to make and go make it and don't don't be scared of it sucking because honestly it probably will because yeah. most people's first things suck I know our first whole bunch of stuff sucked like it's always just a process and I think a lot of people I think it's easy to get bogged down by like this idea of oh my gosh I got to make this thing as opposed to just like go out and do it, you know, just, mm-hmm. and, and there's really, it, the funny thing is, is like with technology now, there's kind of no excuse. Like if you don't have that, like, well, I need a lot of money. No, you don't, you know, I need a lot of time. Not really. Like you just have to have an idea. And if you want to do it, you can go do it. And, and, and I think the biggest thing though, is to overcome the fear of, of failure because yeah. you will fail because everybody does. It's just part of it. And then you'll get better. And then before you know it, you'll be like, Oh, Hey, I'm not awful <laughs> anymore. And yeah, it's, that's what we're looking at. Searching it's for the idea that like you have to be as good that your your things have to be as good as the influence the the people who influenced you the movies that influenced you that's such a that's such a dangerous trap um, and you know the the because the people that made the things that influenced you have made a million and one things and there's no shortcut to that like you just have to you just have to do it and you start getting a little bit better and then you do it some more and. And eventually, you know, you, you make something that maybe people that maybe resonates with people. Um, the other thing I would say is that finding a community is important as well. I mean, we certainly found a community and have stayed a part of the community for 10 years. The three of us have been working together for a long time. But even even within, you know, the, what we've done, we certainly have worked on multiple anthologies and have invited a lot of a lot of collaboration into our process and finding finding people who are like minded and who. Uh, are going to give you really honest notes and who aren't going to be competitive with you, who just want, who just are of the abundance mentality and want to go make cool shit and see the other people around them succeed. That those communities are so valuable. And the number of times we reach out for, for favors, for advice, for, for contacts, it's, it's, it's crazy. We cannot, cannot stress enough how valuable it is to have great right. Right. And just to jump off that too, like the, if you sit around and wait for permission to go make something, it's not going to happen. And that's and kind of why we went with the name Radio Silence, because when we were doing the early Chad Matt and Rob stuff, we had a lot of meetings and people would be like, hey, man, we, we'd love to work with you, like from the financier side of things. 
hey, we'd love to work with you. And then be like, great, let's do this thing. And then we wouldn't hear back mm-hmm. from them. And we would call and not hear back from them. So it was always radio fucking silence. And we're like, all right, cool. We're just going to go out and do it ourselves then. And uh, again, with we with this team in place, with like, you know, like-minded individuals, we were able to like figure out our own little niche in the market and and make some some like Matt was saying some not some not so good things and hopefully just now we're yeah. <laughs> I I want to just add add one more thing as well it's I, we think it's easy it's easy now that there's more access to technology and there are more platforms to to place you know to put your projects on to it's easy to get confused and to try to make something for a specific audience but you got to just make the thing that you love. You, if, if you don't, it shows. And, and, you know, it's also, it's also really hard to do like the, the couple times that we've been drawn into something that are, we might not have our heart in. They never, they never, we never see them all the way through because yeah, we bang our head against the wall the whole yeah. time. Going, what are we trying to accomplish here? Yeah. And at the end of the day, you just check out because it's exactly what Tyler was just saying. You just, if you don't care, mm-hmm. no one else is going to care. Right. It's kind of got that parallel to music too. Like if you try to write a hit, you're probably not going to write a hit. Or if you're trying to write it like a song that you think is cool, it's probably not going to be cool. 100%. It's every time people are like, oh man, I love so-and-so's new album because it feels like it's just them in a room by themselves and it's like their diary. And you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. man, there's a reason we all yes. love those things. Yeah. yeah. Well, I used to teach uh, college writing and I always would tell my students – uh, this quote from Annie Lamont, who I love, and she would always say, perfectionism is the voice of the oppressor. And that's kind of the basis of the creative process. You just have to do it. You just have to do something. And it doesn't matter. It's supposed to be shitty. You just do it and you keep doing it. And then eventually it's not so shitty anymore. And that's great. I love yeah. that. Totally. totally. And there's no shortcut. Yeah. No, you just Zero. work. Yep. And if you get lucky, you can't trust it. Because part of... Part of being able to con- to work continuously and to work sustainably is to learn how to do it the hard way. That's how that's how you have any sort of lasting success in anything creative. Uh, you learn how to replicate it. You learn how to how to what valuable ideas are valuable ideas and which aren't. And that only happens if you if you go through it a bunch mm-hmm. of times. Absolutely. Honestly, really quick, just. To that quote that you were talking about, one of the things too that is I think so right on with that is when people like people who make things treat them like they're some sacred thing that is untouchable, it doesn't do anyone any favors that's trying to trying to get into something. Cause I think until things are demystified and you go like, right, at the end of the day, it's just somebody do putting pen to paper or clicking, you know, like record on a camera or it's like, it's, it's like little things that we can all do. It's not some big magical thing. And I mean, that said, there are certain people who are like, I don't know how the fuck you do any of that. You guys are on a whole nother level, but for like most of us who just, you know, want to make stuff that is, you know, that other people will like and respond to it's, it is exactly that. It's like, don't, don't be afraid. It's, it's just oppressive to think that, that you can't do something because it, hasn't been demystified mm-hmm. yet yeah it's very messy and very unglamour the making of all of our stuff it, it's so much so that we would be embarrassed to share like the picture <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's and that's and, but that's part of the job is like making creating the fantasy you know and and successfully mm. and transporting people into a reality that that takes that takes like messy unglamorous mm-hmm. work and uh, and it's great to be able to do that with people that you 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 know you drive with i love you guys i love you chad i love you matt (laughs) (laughs) oh so sweet uh well i know you guys are really deep into the ready or not promotions right now but what's next for you guys after this round of promotions oh Oh, man man. (laughs) (laughs) everything We just do a podcast with you every week. It feels like (laughs) we can pick a new topic every week and just shoot the shit. Yeah. I mean, it does get back to what we're just talking about though. It is like you have all these kind of preconceived notions of like the way things work. And then, I mean, after literally every single thing we've ever done, we go, okay, so 
what do we do now? And it just feels <laughs> like you're back at square one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, there's always like, wait, wait, that's it type moment at the end. And I think we're just, we're getting into that right now. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wait, that's, that's it. Yeah, it's easy to get glamored by like the the sort of magic and the fun of a of a release, you know, of a movie coming out and people's opinions and all of that. It's it's and it's and and some of that distraction's great and it's fun and you know because that's why we do it ultimately. We make we make projects so that we can share opinions with people and that people can have opinions about about our opinions and have conversations. I mean, that's it. it we don't make shit for it to exist in a vacuum, uh, but it definitely is like at the end of the day, just getting back to the, getting back to the nuts and the bolts and the hard work of starting again is always, uh, it's always an interesting transition after this process. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that was a, yeah. Um, well, speaking of, well, that we weren't speaking about that. Um, <laughs> moving on to the next question. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I was, I think I, I, I literally, I think I was about to say, speaking of social media, but I was like, we didn't, we didn't just mention that. Yeah. So anyways, um, where can everyone keep up with you guys on social media? We're not that good at social media. <laughs> I mean, started at you in YouTube. It's a little bit weird that we aren't better at. <laughs> that might be why, right? Maybe we were doing like a, conscious i don't know we're not we all have twitter handles and we all you know we have a website our twitter handles i think are just all of our names yeah and our website is high radio silence hi radio silence and we also got h-i-g-h radio silence for for reasons <laughs> yeah <laughs> for reasons yeah. for reasons yeah. <laughs> for reason. cool um, that was the worst well, social media promotion in the fucking history. <laughs> 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 yeah. okay. We're not good at social media. I just it's like I like Instagram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we uh, All of our names I can't remember who we awesome. interviewed, but they they didn't have anything social. Uh, yeah, at all. I don't remember. They're like. You're like, they're like, you can go to my website, but I don't do any of the socials. Like, oh, respect. Okay. I so, feel, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Dang, part of it is I like, wish. I, I mean, one, I just, nobody, nobody needs to like hear our opinions every second of every day. And that's also why we make stuff. Like our, mm. the, the, the movies that we, things that we, like that's, that's the way that we express our opinions to a large audience. And at the end of the day, it's like, if you want to see some fucking cute dog pictures, like you're welcome to come on my Instagram, but there's, you're not going to get a whole lot outside of that. <laughs> it's just a sort of different, it's a different thing for us. We're not interested in like, in, in the more self promotional aspects of it. Um, because, because our, you know, we make, we make movies to speak for themselves, hopefully. And I do like, I do like, I do like participating on the voyeuristic side though. And like reading people's, <laughs> you know, whatever. I think it's fine. I like looking at your dog, Tyler. Like, you know. I mean, any dog Instagram, I'm all for it. So I'll probably find you on Instagram. <laughs> That's what I'm all about. Great. <laughs> um... Well, that is all the questions we have. Um, so, yeah. So we want to thank Tyler, Matt, and Chad. Sorry, Rob, uh, for being <laughs> on the show. And, um, we're really excited for Ready or Not. And, um, yeah, we're, well, I'll send you a little email when we're done, you know, after we watch it and let you know what we think. Please. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, guys. This has been a real treat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you guys are the treat. We were so excited. <laughs> no, <you're> treat. Treat. <laughs> <laughs> we're just having some special just moments some special moments yeah but you know we'll, we'll be back with our weekly podcast with all of you guys next week and you know it'll be it'll be fantastic well cool well thanks guys and um we'll uh i think this will I think we'll have this posted tomorrow. So fantastic. Oh, nice. Go. Cool. All right, guys. Cool. Talk soon. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks.